Background Centuries, another fruitful and stimulating discussion on whatever. Everything. Well, I mean, we'll start with whatever, but eventually we will get up to what to, to everything. I'm Noah. Uh, this is Ethan, in case you forgot. So this is Background Centuries. Uh, you know, last time we realized we could have done a little bit better preparation on our tagline, and yeah. so we wanted to spare you guys the the chore of sort of listening to the the uh the brainstorming process so we told ourselves this time coming in we would have some prepared um Mm -hmm. just to streamline that process a little bit more yes yes because Um, we could have hit it on the we could have hit the nail on the head a little bit better than than last time we both know that it was kind of the excitement of starting a new show and yeah that that tagline that we came up with just wasn't wasn't cutting it in in post-production so we decided you know why not give it another go yeah, it wasn't the one. It wasn't the one. So yeah. why don't you why don't you lay it on me? What what do you got? What do you got yeah, for so our? So we we both we both prepared two two options. So um, the first one I thought would uh, this. So just let me know what you think about this one. Uh, background centuries, filling the space between your ears with words. Okay. Like now, that's very good. I I, I you know it's it just came off the dome kind of. Uh, and and we can talk about these uh, in more detail later, but I think that that's a pretty strong contender for for the one we're going to go with. Off to a good start. Okay, um, tell me tell me where this where this hits. Background centuries. Who let the dogs out? I like that. I like that because it poses a question, and I think it, that's what we do here. We pose questions. Yeah, I, I really it's like it's that. it's an open end, and it's, we never want we never want this podcast to feel closed in any way yeah exactly exactly so here's here's my second option that was really good here's my second option background centuries ghost stories so that one it kind of opens up our branding opportunities to like do some more spooky stuff right and we want to be clear it's not misleading it's not misleading it's just it's keeping you the listener guessing yeah exactly exactly. and if jj abrams can do it why can't we do it Exactly, exactly, exactly. We can so, have a mystery box. You can have a mystery box. Background centuries. Honey, could you get the door? <laughs> it keeps it it makes it it makes it friendly, makes it homey. Yeah. It makes it, it uh It's a, it's it's almost it has a, it has an intimacy to it because we're already calling you know our listeners our listeners honey and it's nice. It's it's it feels warm. Um, I'm going to go back to your previous suggestion just because um, I was doing some research now in um, in real time, and I realized that uh, the um, I don't know if you if you knew this, but "Who Let the Dogs Out" is part of a song, a hip hop song. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, I didn't know. That. And so, um, and at first I was like, okay, awesome. So, I, but then I did some more research into it, and apparently, um, "Who Let the Dogs Out" is a reference to um, asking who let. Um, uh, people who are not super attractive out in the club. So I feel like that might not be the best um, flag to wave for you our know, show. You're right. You're right. So you're totally right. I think we can start by crossing that one off. What do you think? I'm okay with crossing that one off. I mm-hmm. think we can move on. There's there's bigger fish, as they yeah, say. Yeah, bigger fish, bigger fish. I, I feel like, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to go say, I'm going to say my first one, filling the space between your ears with words. I think that that one's a little too wordy. So I'm going to go ahead and cross that one off. Okay. Mine. Yeah, we don't want it to be a mouthful. Let me let me just hear sonically the second one again. Um Okay, here we go. Sorry, I have to warm up my lips. Um background sentries. Ghost stories? 
Yeah, the question mark on that one's really nice. Yeah, I like the cadence to it, but I, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is just going with my heart, I think that your second one is the one that's the home run. Background centuries. Honey, could you get the door? That's yeah, it. That's I'm sorry. One. I'm sorry. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. Um, so here we go. Background centuries. Honey, can you get the door? Yeah, that feels yeah. nice. So, right, so, uh, so what's new with you? What's been... Uh, you know what, Ethan? It's 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 been weird. I've been staying inside a lot. I've been staying inside, and and you may ask me, Noah, why have you been staying inside? You can ask that if you want. Noah, why why are you staying inside? Well, I'll tell you, and you're not gonna guess it. I just I just decided for me that it was important for me and my mental health to stay inside, and mm-hmm. and there was really no other outside forces it's not like i read some forbes article about the importance of 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 me time or anything like that i just i just thought like you know what i'm gonna stay inside for a Mm. while Mm. i'm gonna stay inside and i'm gonna stay at least six feet apart from anyone else and i and i'm doing that i'm doing that not because anybody else told me to not because you know uh uh, any like health concern or anything like that it's just Mm. it's just for me it's just for me you know well, good for you. Good for you. Thank I'm you. glad you're Thank taking you. and, steps and I, to improve yourself. Yeah, I've been I've been really enlightened by this. What about you? How, how have you been doing? So, uh, just got back from a lovely trip up the up the coast a little ways uh, oh, wow. to the central California area central uh, to California. Solving, and uh, stopped inside to a, a gift shop like you do in Solving. It's kind of a kitschy town. Love that. And while I was in the gift shop, it. Something struck me that reminded me of an issue that I know that we've talked about on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. That I know that you you've been um, really active in the conversation. Um, It's been something that you've you've contributed to quite a lot because it's really important to you. Um, And that is the well. I'll start by saying that while I was in this gift shop, as as most who have who have frequented gift shops would know that um, there's a there's a a sort of sensational candy that you would get that you don't really enjoy mm. eating, but it's a sensational thing, and that's the rock candy. Yeah, you know, like it's a sort novelty. of like, yeah, crystals on the on the little the little popsicle stick, and it's sort of yeah. a nightmare to to eat. Um, but and it's something to look you feel at, like you have to. Yeah, because it it's like, like I I think that the word novelty is is very is a very apt description of the of that. Yeah. Yeah, and so. Uh, seeing this, it, it reminded me of this conversation that we've had on the sustainability of the blue food coloring in rock candy that I know has generated quite the controversy just because of uh, the the source of the blue yeah. dye specifically for for rock candy. That is, I'll, I'll say, not used anywhere else in any other type of food coloring or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. other desserts and candies that you'd find in a store. Mm-hmm. Uh well, I'll, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more because well, you're a little more knowledgeable than I am. First off, I, I, I do want... Thank you. Thank you. But first off, I do want to say, um, yes, it's this kind of food coloring is not used any, anywhere else. And that is because, you know, this is a, a little known fact, but there's no such thing other than this source of, of blue food coloring. There's no such thing as blue um, coloring. It, every every food item that you see that it is that is appears to be blue is actually just really extremely light purple so i just wanted to start mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. off the bat say say where all this controversy is coming from yeah good, and good, i good. say i say for me i think that you know other than all the politics other than all the things surrounding this i think that um the main issue 
is the harm, like the stigma that this over, um, over sensationalized, sensationalized, sorry, um, debate is having on, on the, the blue corn, the blue (laughs) corn that we talked about last, last time, um, that, you know, you know, problems exist in the world and that's going to happen. That's going to persist. But I think when it starts encroaching on, on other issues, that's when it gets, you know, that's when it scares me. That's when it starts to scare me. So yeah, I, I've been, um, yeah, I've been really conflicted and I, and I haven't really fully fleshed out my, my opinions about that and, and moving forward, what we should, what we should do about this, this blue rock candy. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's, but other than that, your trip was, was good. Other than that, it was, it was lovely. I mean, solving's always a, always a treat, always a treat. Yeah. Even if the rock candy isn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, the rock candy is a treat, just not a good one. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Right. <laughs> right? You're right. You have trouble. <laughs> just not you a good s- one, you know. You can hear me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh gosh. So um that kind of takes us into our first segment. Do you want to s- spin our spin the wheel yeah, of uh of course, of, of course. Our location wheel? Of course, of course. Here we are. Um so let's see. Um, let's gonna we're gonna throw this metaphorical dart on this map, and oh my goodness, this is the this is the second time in a row where we've landed on something that is super close to our hearts. But this, oh. of course, is Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, New Auckland. Zealand, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how about it? You know, yeah, it was pretty good. Thank you. Thank, I've been working on it. How about it? Yeah, maybe. One more go. Hey, I bet it. Good, good. New Zealand. Yeah. So. Um. Wow. Yeah. Auckland, New Zealand. Um. You spent two summers. Uh, two summers ago, you spent there. I, I sp- two summers ago. I spent. Two summers ago, I spent. I'd say probably about a month. A month there, and then I moved around New Zealand for the rest of it. But um, yeah. I I, I moved. I I chose to spend my first month in New Zealand there based off your recommendation because of all the time that you spent there um building makeshift houses that people that that, that you know the people um New Zealanders um w- would use to um build their model airplanes in and i and mm-hmm. so jump into that uh, cuz that you you told me a little bit about like uh, your experiences there and it just seemed super interesting really compelling stuff yeah new zealand is not uh popularly known for its aviation but it has in many ways been at the at the the cutting edge uh, because of a a long a long-standing tradition of these these huts that they would that they would experiment by building paper planes and 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 that would eventually progress into more like the model airplanes uh, for those who are a little more advanced and a little more knowledgeable and in general Auckland has has been quite the um quite the kickstarter and a lot of a lot of um cutting edge technology mm. kind of at the forefront of a lot of developments and forward thinking which has made it a very a very coveted location for uh i mean as many people will know uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. um and you know most will automatically go to 
the 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 big one, the big trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy mm-hmm. uh, that we all know is filmed in New Zealand. That's kind of what's been known for, but not, in my opinion, not enough attention has been drawn to another very very pivotal film series that was developed and filmed in Auckland, um, and that is the Hollow Wind. Mm. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's easy to to for it to kind of fade. In, into the background, especially in light of other films that have attracted mm-hmm. so much attention um, because of the success of others, The Lord of the Rings being sort of at the, at the front um, and others being drawn to those locations because of the impact of The Lord of the Rings. So yeah, it's, it's easy to forget about what an impact The Hollow Wind had Hollow on Wind. the filming industry today and yeah. particularly the, the development of Auckland, the city. And and you know what um, uh, is is really it sets the Halloween series apart, other than it being the longest running. I mean, I think it has the most installments of any film series ever, with mm-hmm. upward of sixty movies. I think in the think in correct. the Halloween yeah. canon. Um, but other than that, it is um, really instrumental for creating a lot of the 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 culture around Auckland which I think is I I you know it's it's kind of unheard of for me you know thinking about it I mean maybe you have something slightly akin to it with you know the the reputation of Hollywood but it, it was what it was like a life imitates art type thing with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because these movies something that you know the Lord of the Rings was not set in New Zealand it was set in Middle Earth like that was right. the but but with the Halloween series it it created this fanciful world that was within the context of the story within the narrative in Auckland New Zealand yeah that's right and, and the, the the magic and the and the, and the wonder was brought into into actual Auckland New Zealand and I think that that's one of the things that skyrocketed not only the development of the culture but the popularity of you know rolling hills grass Mm-hmm. Grass was super under underappreciated before. Kind of on the outs. Yeah, because I mean, you had, um, you know, film wise, you had uh, movies like How the West Was Won and Gone mm-hmm. with the Wind, and mm-hmm. it's just like Grass was Grass was out. Sorry, we're doing yeah. we're doing dirt yeah. and sand. We're doing yeah. dirt and sand now. That's kind of our focus. Um, the, I mean, the mantra the mantra of Hollywood in those days was, if it's grass, burn it. If it's grass, burn it. In the early early 1900s, you would see a lot of media surrounded by grass, and then it just started to fade out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fade out. And and it's really interesting because when I spent my my month there in Auckland, I, I spent a lot of time in their museums, and I didn't know this before going there. But while the rest of the world, you know, g- generally speaking, was um, sort of moving away from this more grass-based uh, center. Um, Auckland, the entire time, was championing, championing the use of grass and mm-hmm. and and, ma- and trying to maintain grass in the in the um, the global zeitgeist. And I mm-hmm. and I and I didn't I didn't even know that they were the spearheads of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, do you want to speak a little bit more on the on the cultural significance of that mm-hmm. that campaign? Yeah. And uh, just a quick note, I did really quickly do a, a, a quick search just to confirm 
the number of installments in the series, mm-hmm. and your your estimation was correct. It was um, it was over sixty. It was actually specifically sixty nine um, on the on the head. Um, so yeah, you you were you were correct. Oh, because of the there was 60. one straight there was one straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the cultural significance of this campaign to put grass back into film um, was really at the at the at the forefront and and the if you will the face of this movie uh, this movie series this film series um, and they did that by the use of a common motif throughout the films that is toes within grass. Um, and it was, it was designed, this motif was designed as a, as a stimulus for the audience, um, as a way to elicit that feeling of, of, you know, running your toes through grass. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. for those of you who haven't seen the series, and if you haven't do yourself a favor, uh, get, you can go on Amazon, uh, go to your local movie store, rent these, rent this series. It's, it's life changing. Life changing. Um, yeah, a, a, a quick synopsis um, of of the series. It's based on this this singular character who who appears throughout the whole series, George. Um, and at the beginning of the series, we see him as a young man um, growing up in Auckland, and his um, sort of the 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 hinge on which this series swung was the the ongoing struggle of George because of the sixth toe on his right foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and the, the ramifications with the, the relations, relationship with his family and him feeling ostracized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but that sixth toe um, ultimately being the sort of the, the light through the keyhole to this entire other realm full of, full of you know, magic beings and, and, and wonderful music and, and yeah... That's right. So there are some establishing shots mm-hmm. uh, in each film, particularly at the at the start, just so that they really wanted to to drive home this motif that would carry the series. There's these establishing shots of him running through the grass, and um, we get some really really nice close ups on that that mm-hmm. sixth toe. Yeah, and and um, if I'm not mistaken, which I really don't think I am, unless I'm really getting my wires crossed, the um, long establishing shots of him running greatly influenced the um, Sonic the Hedgehog series mm-hmm. of of literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they later made, uh, you know, of course, video games off of those those great novels. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people know that those came mm-hmm. from a. A, because and oh. then you know another thing is like you have Green Hill Zone from the Sonic canon, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, if you go to Auckland, it's like copied and pasted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like with the the swirling ramps and the and the checkered um, checkered flooring, mm-hmm. um, checkered dirt. I mean, sorry. Um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much a one to one. And that is something very peculiar that to this day is sort of a, a scientific conundrum. The the checkered the checkered soil, yeah, um, and in there is a an old uh, New Zealand um, word. It's been passed down by old oral tradition for for centuries to describe. Now, most most who you would talk to would just refer to it as either the checkered soil or the big boxes. 
Um, yeah. But the the name that comes down to us through oral tradition is Ziktik Dong Dong, and. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I just thought of a joke that, um, I just thought of a joke. No worries. Yeah. Keep going. Zig zig dong dong. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it comes to us through old tradition from the peoples who inhabited, uh, Auckland. Uh, I mean, as far back as I want to say, uh, I want to say 10 centuries. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Like the nineties within the 10th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 1090s. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, not not 1990s. Uh, they had been well established at that point, and so uh, yeah, this they there's a lot of literature, a lot of ink that's been spilled over this topic. Um, again, you, there's there are certain sources you can go to even to this day that have preserved the tradition fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In in trying to describe or, or capture the ancient the ancient mind and the ancient um, perception of this checkered soil that is such a strange phenomenon mm-hmm. and that we only really have have found in Auckland we, we it's scarce to be found anywhere else in the world mm-hmm. yeah they, they've said that they've tried to find it in uh, that they've uh, found traces of it in places like South Africa and China but I like those reports have come up to be false and um yeah and and other great greatly disputed um quote unquote evidences but yeah mm-hmm. no um Auckland New Zealand yeah and it's it's uh it's made for a very interesting agricultural scene there mm-hmm. uh because of the nature of the soil and its mineral makeup and its deposits mm-hmm. has has made for uh, for lack of a better word, a peculiar agricultural layout. Mm-hmm. Very, very symmetrical, uh, very uniform, mm-hmm. and the the trees that grow there specifically, again, uh, sort of a, a a unique feature of Auckland that you'd be hard pressed to find anywhere else in the world. And I know that you your your last um, it was either your last or the one before that. Uh, uh, doctoral thesis mm-hmm. on the the biological makeup that creates the the specific formations of these yeah. trees and their branches. You want to describe a little bit about what's happening there and what makes them so odd to to, to look at and yeah, like and and just kind of and yeah, of course. And it was my second to last uh, doctoral thesis, and um, yeah, it it it, a lot, it is thought that. Um, a specific strain of volcanic rock at the base of Auckland, New Zealand, um, gives way to this this specific phenomenon, and and the trees that spring up from this this checkered soil is they are um, it's, it's hard to it's hard to yeah, explain if, if you, you can seen if it. you can describe because it's it's if, again if you haven't seen it uh-huh. it's hard to it's hard to parse I mean like the closest the closest. Uh, Parallel, I guess, yeah. to uh, an, uh, an other an other shape. I want to know what you what you think you're seeing when. Yeah, well, w- it kind of speaks to everybody a little bit differently. But when I personally see these trees, I see the native animals. Okay. And 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 yeah. I see um, reflections of the different wildlife 
because when I first visited, I, I thought, you know, when I walked into the forest, I thought I was walking into some sort of outdoor museum full of all these wood sculptures of, of different woodland creatures. But no, um, turns out that that's just the way trees grow over there. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. they grow very tall and they look like different sort of badgers and bears and they look like animals which is cool and I like that mm-hmm. and then but also the color the pigmentation that comes from the soil mm-hmm. makes these trees so far out uh, mm-hmm. pardon, pardon my manner of of speaking but you tie dye yeah yeah mm-hmm. tie dye yeah no that uh, yeah I mean there's there's no really other way to Mm-hmm. to pin it i mean it's it is it's like a tie-dye it's like then so you have you have these you know hippie looking am- aminals and they mm-hmm. um are out there standing tall with their leaves and they're and, and it's really beautiful to see these these woodland woodland creatures um being the habitat for actual you know living breathing mm-hmm. um, woodland creatures and something that's that's particularly intriguing that has drawn a lot of attention from the scientific community um, is the impeccable anatomy of the trees mm. as well in in how accurate they are to the form of the uh, the fauna there uh, mm-hmm. of Auckland to mm-hmm. down down to the accuracy of the genitalia mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and when you know, when when early explorers went to Auckland, you know that they, they were they were coming in with a very violent, uh, very violent hand, and it's you hate to <laughs> you hate to hear about it, you hate to see it. Yeah. Um, but they would cut down a lot of these trees, and inside these trees, it was identical. the 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 organs that 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 laced the inside of these these trees were they they looked exactly like if you were to cut open an animal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, complete with you know uh, red sap that kind of likened to blood, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's very striking and it, and it's and it um, I think it's really cool that nature is is able to to make that that much of a statement as to like you know you cut me down but look at the blood on your hands you know that's right that's right and I know that there is an excerpt uh, from a very early work um, done by some some anthropologists who visited. Um, shortly after the the settlement of Auckland mm-hmm. by by European settlers, and the the locals there told of these uh, the first the first to set foot um, the first mm-hmm. Europeans to set foot there, and their um, interaction with and, and their their treatment of these trees here um, and sort of as a statement to uh, a show of dom- dominance to mm-hmm. the locals there they would actually um they would go to the trees and um cut off the penises of mm-hmm. all of the trees yeah. as a sign of you know we we have the greater technology we have the power to yeah, castrate you and yeah it was a show of dominance um mm-hmm. that is very unfortunate because now very unfortunate. Uh, if you if you go there now um Many of not those trees have wiener. not, not a single wiener. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, they haven't recovered to this day. Um, one one last thing I want to talk about um, before we move on to our next segment um, about the, the the checkered soil of Auckland mm-hmm. is um, the the effect that it has on the wildlife there. Because um, you know when I was um, 
when I was visiting there, I was deep in my um, zoology studies, so I was paying a lot of attention to the to the animal animal population on the island, and and it um and it struck me how different the pigmentation was mm-hmm. in these animals' mm-hmm. fur and um and skin and, and alike alike substances like that. Um, that like because of this specific because of the speci- specific pigment from this volcanic rock that existed within the soil mm-hmm. you had you had um animals running around with just wild colors like i would see um i would see a, a an echidna right i'd mm-hmm. see an echidna running around and instead of having you know brown quills it was red it was red mm-hmm. and and its paws were coated in this white fabric um and and you'd see a hedgehog running around and it would be this this lightning blue you know <laughs> and and you would see you know another hedgehog and it would be you know have this like black and red sort mm-hmm. of coloration to it and you, and it would even very affect, unnatural very, very well it's it would seem unnatural but it, it mm-hmm. is natural for this for this place and and it would even affect the the air dwellers where you would have birds that would take on a a, a greenish um a greenish hue that that just is not really found in a lot of other a lot of mm-hmm. other species out there and i just i just think that that's very um very interesting and, and that was one of the main translating factors to um the sonic the hedgehog book series so um that but that's going to take us out of out of our you know our our segment pinpoint and it's going to jump into a new segment that we've actually never done before um, which is surprising, but it, it's a segment that, um, Ethan, you're going to lead. It's called Into the Pyramid. No, I just That's to right. Say, if you could just set up this, this segment real quick for us. In this segment, we it's really important to us that we're not only covering... Um, what is popularly conceived as relevant um, data Mm -hmm. and information, Um, but also some of the the crags and and crevices of, um, or some of the seedier um, data that's out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. The one that that, uh, uh, sparks sparks the imagination in Mm -hmm. in odd and and, and sometimes spooky ways. Uh, Sometimes spooky ways. In this segment, uh, we like to talk about what many would call conspiracies. Conspiracies, cryptids. That's um, right. That's 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 that within every anything within that realm. And I actually, um, in light of recent news, I actually brought something that I know you were very interested and in, very um, knowledgeable about. Um, Ethan is that um, the appearance in Thailand of the horned hell beagle. That's right. That's right, the horned hell beagle. Yeah, what a what a uh, what an anomaly. Anomaly. Um, yeah, various um, various detective groups uh, from the paranormal to the cryptid enthusiasts all the, covers the gamut really of mm-hmm. investigative journalism and um, and uh, e- even even your your average uh, tourist. Um, looking for thrills have have mm-hmm. ventured there to to catch a glimpse of this anomaly that has really been a thorn in the side 
of the Thailand government for for many many years, and it even has some roots. Although uh, the specifics and the data is a little bit foggy on if it really is talking about the same mm-hmm. the same phenomenon or or if it's a different creature. But it appears that we have evidence of something like the horned hell beagle going back uh, generations. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you know people. Uh, uh, pardon the expression, but wives' tales or, or uh, stories that parents would tell their children to to yeah. get them to eat their vegetables. Um, but lies, all yeah, all complete complete lies. Um, the the short of it, um, and by you know, pardon the pardon the pun, um, because the horned hell beagle is very short. Um, yes. Yeah. So the, the the short of it is that there is uh, rumors, eyewitness accounts, stories of a very very strange what appears to be biological um, uh, creature, I, I mm-hmm. suppose, that Westerners have fondly come to to call the horned hell beagle only because of our familiarity with that that breed. Mm-hmm. Um, We've sort of latched onto that description, um, although uh, Taiwanese locals may may um, uh, not identify so much with that description. And and yeah, I may scoff at that. Um, uh, and and I want to stop you real quick. You you would you would, you mentioned um, biological, which is you know it surprises me that that you say that with such um, confidence because it is widely disputed whether or not this is a spectral entity or mm-hmm. um some sort of uh co- corporeal um beast that's right that's right and and that that brings that brings this story to a very odd and chilling detail that has its roots in the very first occurrences of the story mm-hmm. um as far back as we know of it being told uh in in folklore and you'll understand why some believe it's spectral uh, when I when I tell you what's what's been relayed to those who who want to hear the story, there is a a folk tale of a young prince who had a a pet that was given to him by his his father's wife his his stepmother. Uh, this was the king's fourth wife, and every wife that he had gave the prince a new gift. The first, second, third never never landed with the prince. Um, I don't have time uh, to go into all the details of what each individual mm-hmm. gift was. The important part... One of them the was impo- just a can of Pringles. They were a can of Pringles, and you can understand why that wouldn't um, maybe, I mean, last more than five minutes with a young, a young kid. Yeah, well, because they just didn't, they didn't, they hardly invented um, Pringles back then, so they didn't have the sensationalized reputation that they do now. You know, that's right. We're just getting started back then. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail. Um, like you said, no, we, don't have, we just don't have time. Perfectly all right. Perfectly all right. Uh, the fourth gift is the subject of our of our story and where where it gets particularly strange. The wife gifted the young prince a pet, uh, a, a a puppy. The prince instantly latched on to to this pet. Um, and and fell in love with it and and uh, never left its side. Uh, so much so that the prince 
um, grew into uh, the bad habit, actually, of, of riding the dog throughout the palace. Mm-hmm. And Because the, the prince was very, like, a very young, very small at the time. At the time. And as mm-hmm. he grew older, he continued to uh, ride the dog like a horse. And he had always assumed that the pet was his friend. It didn't mind. And so he continued this practice and always thought of it as a playful gesture and, and endearing mm-hmm. of this pet who was so loyal to, to carry him everywhere he went through through the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, in the third year of owning this pet, it became ill and very concerned. The prince ordered for all of the physicians and doctors and uh, medical practitioners to the palace to see about uh, healing the dog. And what was so odd is that none of the medicines and none of the practitioners could uh, find a way of bringing the dog back to health. And on the final night before this dog passed, the young prince laid by laid laid by its side and um the dog inexplicably began to speak to the prince mm-hmm. and and this the dog, part is not this this part is not myth this part is um hi- historical fact we have we have not dipped into the myth yet right just to right. be clear the dog turned to turned to to the the young prince and said and, and and pardon pardon the expression, but this is this is the quote from yeah. the actual story. Mm-hmm. It said, "If you hadn't rid my back every goddamn day, mm. and it died." And the prince was haunted by this for the rest of his days, and it is said that for the rest of his life, as he wandered the palace, he could still see the specter of his dog and anytime it appeared to him it appeared to him very low to the ground as if mm-hmm. being ridden mm-hmm. and so th- this is where the legend of the um, the hellhorn beagle originates mm-hmm. and and why some believe it to be not biological at all but in fact mm-hmm. a specter a uh, a recalling of that poor dog that was ridden by mm-hmm. The prince to, to death, in fact, and so the the reason I I, I say that it, it is a uh, a pun to say that it is short. It it, mm-hmm. it really is a very short uh, short creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and much like the lifespan of that creature was short, and yeah, and and the horns, of course, that that are donned by this maybe spectral, maybe maybe physical being um a lot of people you know suspect oh the horns would be on the the head you know the cranium um but that's actually not true the horns um protrude from the back where mm-hmm. where the young prince would would ride it and and it is said that if the the needs of this hell beagle aren't met before oh gosh um i, I can't remember the exact date on the on the calendar but it's coming up within the next five, five, six years. Then whenever, whenever you die, you will be forced to ride the hellhound, um, the, I mean, the horned hell beagle um, for the remainder of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the, the horns will, will 
you know, go right up into your into your groin groin area, um, and it's just not not very pleasant. Now that obviously is a bit of folklore, but that's yeah that that's sort of the story that had surrounded that that particular cryptozoology thing got guy guy you know yeah that little guy good boy he's a good boy would you say that would you say that um with your professional opinion would you say that um that he's a good boy who's a good boy that that he do would you say that he's a good boy oh yeah I i was i was never mind Oh, who's, yeah. He's oh, who's, who's a good boy? Yeah. Who's yeah? Who's because it it's like a. So this is like a dog. You would say that to a dog. It's like a dog thing to say. So this has been the pyramids. Uh, our been, new segment. Yeah, yeah, and and I really I really really like it. Um, and as this segment comes to a close, so does this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you and know, can you, it's, can you it's, give them? Wait, hold on. Can you let them uh, cry for a little bit? Knowing that this episode's over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll give it a second. Oof, that's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Let it out. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's okay. It's okay. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, it's really important to us. Uh, we're we're really passionate, I should say, to share to share the nuggets we have. Mm-hmm. Chicken nuggets. They could be beef. They could be pork be vegetarian yeah sort of like a falafel yeah like a like a like a breaded like a seasoned breaded hunk of hunk of something you know yeah who knows no one knows really no one knows it it could be could be anything it's true and with that this has been background centuries with your background boys noah and ethan Always more to learn. Always less to say. Keep it Keep skippy, it skippy Massachusetts. Phoenix. All right. One, two, two, three, three. <sighs>